0: like family with Brenda Donoghue The
1: 2023 Women's Soccer World Cup kicks off in Sydney in 45 days time wherever they are in the country players families and fans are preparing planning
2: and packing Here is the free kick we're in the 52nd minute of the second half Brosnan takes it That's it Esther Stadley blows the whistle and Ireland are going to the World Cup
1: this is sensational. History is made. What an incredible night. And for families and fans, there's plenty of chat of recalling past glories and sharing hopes for future success. It's bonding. They are almost like family.
2: And you can join the conversation on Twitter at Brenda Donoghue or email brenda at
3: rte.ie. <laughs>
0: Such a good fight. we are the Irish we will never be put are a part of and we'll sing it loud and proud.
1: my first stop is to a back garden in Gibstown in County Mead with four fans who are planning their trip to the World Cup
0: Well there's four of us here and we're absolutely buzzing We're going to support the girls in green in Australia. We're just sitting out here in the back garden planning the whole trip. Katie, you've written a song, From Talla to Australia. Congratulations. It sounds great, doesn't it? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah.
1: So tell me a little bit about the song.
0: Me and the three girls came up with an idea that wouldn't it be great to just write a song about the girls? We are big fans of the Irish women and look, we need something. Vera obviously is a massive part in the inspiration behind the lyrics I'm a coach myself and I think she's done something amazing to get the girls this far and I don't think it would have been possible without her so the chorus of the song is we are the fighting Irish we will never be put down we're a part of Vera's Army and we'll sing it loud and proud so We are the fighting Irish we will never be put down We're a part of Eros Army and we'll sing it loud and proud We are the fighting Irish we will never be put down We're a part
1: I'm So Katie if I can go back to the 11th of October last year in Hampton Park You and Laura were
0: there with your flag Tell me about your flag first and what it was like So basically we brought a flag with us over to Scotland In the hope that we were going to show it at full time We were a bit afraid to show it before then But we pulled it out when the full time whistle went And it was see you in Australia so it was a big statement to make. All emotions were going through our head. Like we knew that we could go on this trip and at it, it, one chance you only get to do a trip like this. And we said we'd jump on it and go with the girls and support them as best we can. You're going with your girlfriend, Laura. Does that make it even more special
1: that you get to share this as a couple?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Like it's always great to have memories like this to look back on with your other half. And it's a big thing for me anyway.
1: Laura, tell me about your thoughts on this trip and your love of soccer. Where did it all come from? Um,
0: Well, I started playing when I was three, and the man that used to mind me actually got me into soccer. I suppose it started back then, and then it just never stopped. How did you meet, by the way? Uh, We actually met playing football. (laughs) I was playing against Katie. I used to play for Nace, and Katie played for Toro, and it was a bit of an argy-bargy, and (laughs) Katie won a free, and then I came to play with Katie's team then, and ever since then, it's been all right. Talk to me straight. Six weeks in Australia, tickets for all the games
1: right up to the final. Did you win the lotto, girls? What happened? Laura. Oh, I wish we won the
0: lotto. (laughs) No, um, plenty of saving and in particular, me and Katie had a caravan. We loved the caravan and we just said, look, it has to go. If we're going to Australia, it has to be sold. Yeah, we called it Ellie. The (laughs) caravan was called Ellie. My Ellie. (laughs) I miss Ellie. Ellie was parked right there at the back of Katie's house. And we sold it and the caravan just strolled it. Well, not strolled, but you know, the Australia flag just went up.
1: (laughs) Am I seeing matching tattoos, Katie and Laura, on your upper
0: arms? Do you want to explain them, please? Yeah, so it's not your natural kind of cute matching tattoo that a normal couple (laughs) would get. It happened out in Glasgow, so after the girls had uh, qualified for the World Cup, we decided... The following day, we'd head down to a tattoo parlour in the middle of Glasgow and give them the design. And we decided to get the shamrock on our arms with the green, white and orange with AUS slash NZ 2023. So we'd always remember that we were going to make this trip over to Australia and remember when the girls qualified for the first time. Brenda, will you have a look at this flag? It's five foot by three foot. We're going to be hanging it over in Stadium Australia behind the goals. Yeah. (laughs) And it has talent to Australia printed on it. So you can't miss us, all right? You'll see us from the stands anyways. <laughs> <laughs> We're absolutely buzzing. Like, to be able to be at that first game, it's history. It really is. And like, all I, I can say to everyone that's listening is don't underestimate the Irish women. Never doubt them and don't underestimate them. We are the Irish. We will never be put down. We're a part of army. I'm a woman and proud.
1: And remember, when you're watching the games on the telly, watch out for the girls' flag behind the goals. And you can download Katie's song from Talat to Australia on all music platforms.
4: Beautiful. Lovely to meet you. Gorgeous we to do meet, meet you. Here. I'm, I'm actually confused. Am I Clare or Limerick? You're actually in Clare. I'm, I'm in a Claire. Limerick woman, but I've christened this Mini Limerick. <laughs> and you're Stunning. going to get to meet the one and only TikTok sensation, Ryan. No. no, that's not me. It was me, but it, now it's this fella. Come and I show you this little guy that's oh, gone. Oh, that's Ryan. He's 16 weeks old, and he's an Irish Wolfhound puppy. And Murphy is the guy underneath that, yeah who thinks he's a wolfhound. <laughs> so the whole point in moving out here to clear yeah. with the bit of land. And I always said as a child, if I ever get the chance to have a bit of land, I get an Irish wolfhound. But he's as placid and as gentle. And when you look in his eyes, you can see mythical Ireland. Who's oh. Mummy's boy? Who's my boy? Give me a kiss. Jackie McCarthy O'Brien is a former
1: international soccer and rugby player. Born in Birmingham to a Jamaican father and a Limerick mother, she was brought to Ireland when she was six months old. Her daughter, Sam, also played soccer and they are the first and only mother and daughter to represent the Republic of Ireland women's soccer
2: team.
4: Sam, in her Irish jersey, she doesn't even know that I kept all these She's seen them for the first time yeah, she didn't. I have I'm, them on. I'm
2: shocked that you, you have so of many of them, to be them. honest. Yeah,
4: yeah, her playing with her local team. She's a bit shocked now, Brenda, because she thinks Mammy doesn't um, keep the little bits from the newspapers.
1: So what is this very unique mother and daughter bond like?
4: It's great sense of pride. And I suppose with the onset of the World Cup coming on, it has brought back... And invoke so many memories.
2: And for you, Sam? I mean, I was always destined, basically, to follow in her footsteps. We are two of, of the same. Walk, talk, looks, <laughs> absolutely everything, mannerisms.
4: And in her own sense, we're two very completely different people as well. She's like a piece of me every time I watch her on a pitch. I'm looking at young Jackie. And maybe it took me a long time to have a pride in young Jackie from my start in life and Sam gave that back to me watching her on the pitch. The love that I have for Sam is immeasurable as most mums are but the pride in having been the first mother and daughter to do that. It's amazing, it feels so warm and brings me so close to her because she knows what I felt like when I sang her on the vine and now I know what it felt like for her as well.
2: It's the shared experiences it's mm. what we have both went through and it's an understanding of being able to understand each other, if that makes sense, mm. because we've had so many life-like
4: experiences that are so similar. As Sam said, it was inevitable that she'd follow because I used to go up to Dublin for international training. I went with my gear bag and two children, one under each arm, Robert and Samantha. So the managers all knew my children. They kick ball with the girls. So it's kind of funny, you know, it was just kind of expected. I mean, you'd look out and you'd see Sam kicking a ball while we were having a water break, and they'd be going, ah, jeez, she's got a sweet left foot. She won't be long now. And it wasn't long. I mean, she's playing from the age of five and six. So it's great to get the recognition now. I'm going into my 60s, and Sam is nearly 40. But, wow, we'll take it any time. It's brilliant. Sam, did you ever have to play against your mother? We did. We
2: had one grudge match, one. Um, I think, and it was a competitive semi-final. And my grandfather pulled me aside before we went out and he said, give her hell. <laughs> give her hell. And she did. Now, we were at opposite ends of the field. We were both centre-forwards. And Mam had a right big toe on her. And mm. any, anything that came in front of that toe was getting a wallop. So I had seen the ball go to ma'am. And, of course, I ran from one end of the field to the other. And right in front of her, I just clipped the toenail. I'd say I took it off. Mm-hmm.
4: Sliding tackle.
2: I do remember um, her testimonial when she did finish up. Her knees had got bad. Because we were bought number nine, I thought it was lovely. You could only last a, uh, 45 minutes at that stage because your knee was, mm-hmm. was gone. And man played the first 45 minutes. And at half time, she came off, took off her number nine jersey and put it on me. And I went down. And score two goals in the same match. Yeah, sure. It was. It was just <laughs> sure enough. It was a nice end <laughs> to. I just thought, and it, it always sticks out in my head. I just thought it was a lovely finish to to hand it over. To be lucky enough to get that jersey and to continue what she had
4: started. It was just such a pleasure to watch her playing. I mean, the pride. I don't cry too often, but she brought a few tears to my eyes once or twice watching her, especially watching her score the four goals for Ireland in an international match. I'm like, geez, she's got two, she's got two. I have the whole stand around me. That's my one, that's my one. And they're going, Jesus, sure you, you couldn't hide her. She's the image, yeah. you know? <laughs> and next one, hat trick. And I'm running around. My one's after getting four. But the pride and the tears.
2: Yeah, just, we go. No, no,
4: no, no. I great sense of pride in her.
2: I suppose soccer was always in the background of growing up. Soccer was the foundation in our house. And our lives, it was pretty much like a match. just coming just right now that has just came to me Mm -hmm. some weeks we were winning some weeks we were
4: losing and some weeks we were in the middle and we were drawn do you know the way you get your morals and your values and everything ours are based around sport so you get your teammates back you pick them up when you're down you're no better no worse than them you win together you lose together it's you can put all of that into everyday life my children's moral values came from the soccer pitch
1: so, Jackie, can we go back to 1983? You just had your first baby, lovely Sam here. And you got your first start for the
4: Ireland senior soccer team. I tell you.
1: Talk me through it.
4: It was like, I don't know which one was more exciting, having the baby or getting the Irish jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's probably the honest to God truth. Getting the first jersey, it was like, wow. I've made it. All the hard work, getting the tracksuit. I actually felt like I was a foot taller. I was wearing the Irish jersey and the irish tracksuit but what it did for me brenda was it made me visibly irish once i put on that irish jersey now they had no other choice but to recognize me as an irish person first and foremost it was a double whammy for me one of my proudest moments outside of having the children was putting on that jersey
1: and then in 1997 you saw that child that you had who was only one put on an irish jersey sam can you remember
2: I remember the nervous feeling, I remember putting on that jersey, I remember putting my hand on my heart, singing around the vein, and then I remember going back into the dressing room and getting sick as a dog. Full of nerves, now I wasn't the only one, it actually happened to an awful lot of people, but whoa, I wasn't expecting the feeling that I did get when that national anthem came on. And yeah. I had my hand on my heart. That's for the very first
4: you every time, isn't it? Yeah. If you haven't done it, you'll never yeah. understand it's fierce, it. Yeah. It's every good day that you ever had. It's winning the lottery and it's everything like that all at once, bubbling up inside you. And it hits you right in the heart and you're going, I'm playing for Ireland. And the tears come. Can I move forward
1: to looking 20th of July in Australia, opening game. When you look at them, Jackie, will you think I have played my part?
4: Almost oh, definitely. I will be sitting and watching that TV and I will be thinking of the likes of Marion Leahy, Marion Slattery, Polly Maher, Olivia uh, O'Toole, my daughter Sam. I will be thinking, girls, did we ever think 50 years ago, when I was 11, kicking a ball in Shelburne Park, that one day, thanks to the names that I've just said, the perseverance, the endurance and everything they put into it, that one day we would be watching an Irish team going off to the World Cup. Because these girls paid their own way. They bought their own jerseys. They paid their own travel. they done everything. All you had to do was meet these bunch of girls that went out in the pouring rain, cycled bicycles to get to football pitches, anything they could possibly do to build the dream that one day they'd put on an Irish jersey and one day they might get to a World Cup. They are the giants. They are the ones that started that ball rolling and now it's like their baby has grown up and she's off to Australia playing in the World Cup because that team is our baby.
5: Here, Wes. Hey, Wesie. The unusual thing about Wes is... is is the fact that we called him Wes after Wes Hoolahan? I, I first saw Wes Hoolahan playing as a youngster in, in Talca Park. The skills he had, he was fantastic. We haven't broken it to him yet that he's, he's going to be left for a month uh, in, in a lovely cattery, but he will be in a cattery, so maybe
1: maybe he has sensed it. And <laughs> he's annoyed with us, but we can't bring him with us. Oh, poor Wes, left all alone, while Breach Conway, recently retired, heads off of the trip of a lifetime. I suppose one odyssey
5: was ending and another one beginning. I, I was coming, made the decision to retire from a wonderful school in the inner city, City Key National School, and I'd been there 35 years when the forms were done and dusted and you know the envelope registered to go after the department of education that was the that was the definitive moment when the retirement was definitely happening I said yeah you know there will be a little modicum of a a lump sum and once I clear the bills I said this is what we're doing we're going to the world cup football and women's football has been a theme through my life I, I you know I grew up when there weren't any women's teams and I was a feminist before I knew the word and I was a rebel and I always wanted to be I suppose doing what these these people are, are doing now there would have been times when I didn't get you know maybe a say in what was happening in my life and you know I had to follow a certain trajectory depending on finances or whatever and yeah I've got to the stage I have the freedom I have the financial freedom I have the shared interest my daughter and I have that shared interest and it's a genuine interest you know I mean people who know me know that I'm sport-obsessed, football-obsessed, really. And I said, yeah, look at Reach, you're 61. No, You don't have to ask anybody's permission. I I suppose maybe if there would have been a period or maybe years when I kind of tried to to explain my obsession with sport or whatever, now I just don't explain This is just who I am. I'm free to make that decision. I had, I think the phrase is, a brush with esophageal cancer and, and had major surgery 12 years ago, and I've come through it really well. I feel almost duty bound to, to maximize life when when you when you have it I made a few promises to myself then that when I got well and when I got strong and got doing things that I would I would keep doing things I suppose that's that's probably it it's, I almost feel you know you're duty bound to keep packing everything into into life for me it does mean more that I'm going to a Women's World Cup final. I suppose the other thing as well is, you know, we're going as a family. My, my daughter, the next generation, she's going. No matter what the outcome of the games, we're seeing it, we're going to be in it, and uh, we're going to enjoy every minute of it. I think my head will just burst when I see the Irish women walking out for their first World Cup game. Lotto tickets, I don't need to buy them. I've I, I won the lotto, I think. Mm.
6: Yeah, yes, she was born in Drogheda Hospital here on uh, a Monday in the afternoon. Uh, Nice, nice, lovely day when Megan arrived. It was great excitement. Everybody was just delighted. Another girl to the family. So we two at that stage. Didn't know we were going to have two more.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's Suzanne and Eamon, proud parents of Ireland's left back, Megan Campbell, at their home in Drogheda. Megan, who is famous for her long throw-ins, And plays with Liverpool FC. It's a really tense time for her and her family as they await the announcement of the squad to travel to Australia. Dad Eamon.
7: Fingers crossed as we say she will be on the plane but it's what she's always wanted. It's what she's always strived for playing for Ireland is to represent the senior team at a major tournament. And it's just a dream come true for her. And for us, watching her, the, the struggle she's gone through, injury-wise and stuff, and kept battling on to be at this point now is just really, really tremendous.
6: It just means so much to us. I mean, from a young age, Megan was kicking a ball every time you've seen her. She's always played on the boys' football teams. To make it, please God, if she makes it to Australia, it would be such a dream come true for her and for us. And I couldn't say how proud we are of her. And I know somewhere up there... There's my mum, there's her granddad Amon, her granddad Paddy, my uncle Pether. All those who started off her football career and who believed in her the whole way. It's just, they're all going to be watching down on her. Also, Brenda, we have this other element of our family. Our eldest daughter, Megan's older sister. She lives in Australia. Megan herself was unfortunately not able to make her wedding last year. It will be seven years since the two sisters have met. And you can just imagine the tears, the joy, everything. It's going to be some family reunion.
1: You mentioned all the people in Meghan's life who have passed on. And of course, people know her grandfather as being the legendary member of the Dubliners, Eamon Campbell. What was that like for Megan? for all of you growing up having such a, a well known talented figure in the family
7: it was always special having him there especially when when like, he when came to supporting Megan he was always so proud to, to watch her I mean he went and watched her when she played in the it was the FA Cup final with St Francis he was there I thought we got a photo of him with her with the cup because they won that that day and so it wasn't only Ireland he supported the whole career anytime he got a chance so the two of them you know he really he, he loved getting to see her Whenever possible.
1: Oh, look at—is that Megan as a baby? That's
7: Megan. She was.
1: Describe
6: that for our listeners. That says it all.
7: She's oh. a USA Ireland USA '94 World Cup jersey on her, and in that picture she was only two.
6: The boys couldn't catch Megan. <laughs> <laughs> she was great at passing the ball. Great team member. She loved it. And then as her career progressed, it became daddy taxi, literally.
1: Can you explain that, Dave, you and her in the car for hours?
7: We drove all over Ireland, even when she went to the Carlo IT. She was, at that time, still playing Rahini. So she travelled up on the bus from college. I'd have to go up to Dublin in case she missed the bus back, in case training ran late. And I'd often end up having to drive her back down to Carlo.
6: I was never envious of their car journeys or the relationship of being so close As a young child myself I lost my dad quite young Mm. and I actually always used to say God you're so lucky, you're so lucky and like yes me and the girls the rest of us would be at home but we knew it was to help Megan. I know Brenda people can't see this lovely picture I've got it on my phone the night they qualified in Scotland she ran from the pitch straight up through security up into the crowd and as you can see there she threw her arms around her daddy it just meant the world to both of them that they had qualified for the World Cup
7: there was plenty of tears that night that's a very
1: powerful photo
6: Brenda to me it's just everything just means everything it shows the dedication that was there between herself and her dad the whole lifelong journey and when we look at that photo, Brenda, it, you just have to think of the, the memories that we can make. What are the memories and other photographs we can have to cherish and look at like this?
1: What has Megan's soccer story brought to your family life?
6: It's actually kept us all very united between my brothers and family and Eamon's brothers. Everyone is all behind Megan 100%. We're just one of the families. We're all going through the same thing, hoping to get to Australia and they've just done this whole country proud, even qualifying. It's just, it's going to be amazing. Hello? Hi, Hi. Megs. Yeah, all right? How are you, love? Yeah,
3: not too bad. We're just up with the lake, aren't we? It's Megan
1: on the phone. I insist. They pass the phone over and Megan tells me what an opportunity this is for all the team.
3: It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and whoever is looking to be in front of the plane, I know everyone in their family included, but also the whole country, will be proud of the team. I think regardless, we'll all be proud of whoever whoever is on that plane and is representing Ireland island on the day.
1: When your dad was bringing you up and down, and the commitment and the time, your success is nearly their success. They sacrificed a lot. Would you agree?
3: Oh, 100%, and more, Brenda, I mean, I know for a fact I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for them, it cost a lot back as well, and, you know, the fees and things that you had to pay to become a club member and to be part of a squad, and you had to pay for your kit, and then obviously Dad was paying for petrol, or whatever it was at the time, and as a kid you don't realise that them costs that are attached to you playing football, and Mum and Dad saying, yeah, okay Meg, no problem, yes, they worked really hard, so we could do whatever we wanted to do, you know, and. I think we were quite fortunate as kids to never really hear the word no. Yeah, definitely I wouldn't be where I am today without them. And I know my other three sisters will agree with that. Probably in Tallah Stadium, every game we have a whole my family are up there supporting me. So before the before the whistle's blown to begin with and the National Anthem's playing, I I'll, I'll try and find them in the crowd. Um, and then obviously at the final whistle, you go over and you see them because a lot of the time Brenda, I'm away with football, so I don't get to come home and see him as often. So that's also an opportunity for me to be able to go over and have a chat and say, like, how are you, how's things, and just see them in person rather than through a phone. I know I wouldn't be there where I am without them. All I've known is playing football, and obviously as I've got, older, the crowds have got bigger because of the stages that I've played on. But to me, I'm still a young girl from Drogheda who just wants to play football and is living her dream, thankfully.
1: Megan, the squad hasn't been announced yet, as we keep saying. But... Are you allowing yourself to close your eyes and think about what it's going to be like in Australia for that opening game?
3: <laughs> I'm trying my best not to say it's not that far off now for me it's, it's each day here that I work towards getting on that plane it's probably if I'm named in the squad and, and then on the flight I think as, as the airplane's in mid-air then I'll finally start to, to live those thoughts and dreams in my head until that point it's up for anyone and it's a great for for so many to be a part of such a special squad but I know regardless of if I'm on the plane or not I'll be supporting and the whole country is behind us I know that with any sport that anyone in Ireland plays when you represent the country the whole of the country is behind you and I think that alone I can't wait for that feeling that buzz whether I'm on the plane or whether I'm a fan supporting the girls so uh, yeah I'm really looking forward to it regardless of what end of the plane I'm on. What are you holding, Dad?
7: I have the one of the Jubilani balls from the 17 European Championship semi-final and some of the names on here are now, like that's, what, 13 years ago now? Yeah. And I look in here and you've yeah, got Harriet Scott, Kira Grant, Denise O'Sullivan. There's like there's five or six and that's like 13 years ago. 15 years of football. I mean, there's girls, like
3: my dad said, that I've been around and played football with for years now and you know how we just tick on the field, you know what? what you need for encouragement off the field. But, yeah, it's brilliant to be able to share those memories with, with players the whole
1: way up and, and friends, ultimately. Good luck in Australia. That's presumably, of course, the squad and all that, but good luck. Thank
6: you very much. Going to go now, Megs, and we'll chat to you later on. Yeah, I'll
7: call you when I'm back at the lodge anyway later on. No OK, problem. love. Take care. Bye. 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 You. Love you. bye. bye. Love you. Bye, bye, bye.
1: And good luck to Megan and all those hoping to play for Ireland at the World Cup. And whether you're watching the games at home or in a stadium in Australia, this will be a summer to remember. Thanks to all the families who spoke to me, and thank you for listening.